Welcome back to Let It Out Q&A brought to you by our favorite Northwest Cherries. Thank you for being here, Ella. How are you? Hi, I'm really good. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy that you're here. And we were just saying this is our last one of these bonus Q&A episodes. At the beginning, I'm going to be so honest with everyone. It seemed kind of like a chore. I was like, oh man, we got to make two podcasts a week. I can barely make the one, you know? But it's been so fun. Like I've actually really loved chatting with you on Friday mornings the last three weeks, Ella. Yeah, I've enjoyed it too. And it's been nice to chat with everybody listening, you know? Like it's been really cool to see the questions that were submitted and and I'm interested in like what people are curious about and why. And it's fun, you know? It's really fun to get to have these really casual conversations and record them and, you know, keep chatting. So who knows? Maybe if let us know if you like this format and you want us to do this more. Maybe we will. We'll see. But for now, we can just get into questions. But first, I want to thank our favorite. You know what? I think it am I even allowed to say this favorite sponsor I've ever had? I don't know if I'm legally allowed to say that. But you know what? I said it. And it's the truth. (laughs) It's really cool to have this show sponsored by a fruit and a fruit that I love. Nonetheless, Northwest Cherries, if you've been listening for a minute, you know this already. That this summer is brought to you by Northwest Cherry Growers. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about the sponsor that we love so much before we get into today's questions. So... If you're not already craving cherries after I've been chatting about them so much, I don't I don't know what to tell you, honestly. They are delicious. They're a sweet summertime super fruit and beyond their crisp, juicy flavor and red color, cherries actually have an abundance of nutritional benefits to support your health year-round, which I had no idea the nutritional benefits of cherries. I just knew that I liked them. I knew that they were a cultural icon of a fruit. I mean, think of like patterns on clothing and, you know, they're like up there with polka dots, I would say. But also research shows that sweet cherries have a positive effect on inflammation, blood pressure, heart disease, diabetes, cognitive function, and even sleep. So do yourself a favor and add sweet cherries to your shopping list today. They're now available online and in grocery stores nationwide. Tis the season for cherries. Visit nwcherries.com slash sweet health to learn more. That's nwcherries.com slash sweet health to learn more. Ella, have you been eating? Do you like cherries? Have you been eating cherries at all this summer? I really like cherries, um, but... Sadly, I I don't really remember to buy them, but I feel like after all of this Northwest cherry stuff, I'm going to just get a bag. (laughs) Is the ad working for you? It is. It It would have been really bad if I asked you that and you were like, I hate cherries. They're the worst. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. The thing I don't like is the maraschino cherry. I don't like the candy. Gross. I do not like them either. I thought I didn't like cherries for a long time because when I was a kid... I just thought those were cherries. Like I thought that was what a cherry was. And then I had like a fresh cherry that we're talking about here. And I did like that. And I was like, oh, that's, yeah, I I never, I like it. It's weird because I like cherry flavored things kind of like I would, I would totally work with a Shirley Temple. 
However, if I'm choosing like a gummy flavor or a popsicle flavor, I never go with red, you know, like I would Mm. much rather have like orange or lime. How about you? Same here. Yeah. But a fresh cherry, totally different story. How has your week been going? What's been what's been going on since since we last spoke? And I'm curious, has there been anything that you've been really into this week, like a food you really loved or like a moment you loved or I'm putting you on the spot, but is there something that that you loved this week? Yeah. So something that's been bringing me joy this week is playing the guitar. I am not a trained guitarist at all. I'm a trained singer and I've done some piano in the past, but I picked up the guitar a few years ago and have kind of over the pandemic that became one of my projects to actually teach myself guitar in earnest. And Mm. um, I would really like to take lessons that just hasn't happened yet, but it's fun to just kind of figure out chords and practice songs and do even do some songwriting. It's just like really uses a part of my brain that I feel like is not used a lot. And it's really important for me to express, to express my musical side that way. And I really feel like I'm, I'm in a sense of flow when I'm playing and singing. So yeah, that's what comes to mind for me. I figured out some new chords last night, which was exciting. That's so cool. Oh my God. Wow. That's amazing. Have you talked to Maria about this? Cause we were talking about this too, of like, she was, you know, moving through the artist way and doing some songwriting and really loving it. And I, I think that, God, that's so cool. I'm so happy that you're having that experience and that it's feeling so good to you. And I haven't talked to her recently about it, but yeah, we are very similar musically. So yeah, it's yeah. so cool that yeah. you express yourself that way. I was actually like sitting on my stoop with my friend last night and I was doing, I was like (laughs) setting up this, like something that I had to put my interests in. And I was like, what do you, what do you have in your interests? And she was like, oh man, it's like all the sports I do, you know, cause she's so athletic and like roller skates and snowboards and surfs and you know, all the things. Oh wow. And I was like, Oh my God, I don't do any sports. And I also <laughs> don't do any music. And I feel so self-conscious about that because I would not self-conscious, but just bummed. Like it would be really nice. And I know I can learn, but the in-between of learning a new skill or a new language is like so infuriating and I'm a really slow learner. And so I don't know if I can get past that hump, but maybe I can. I'm so happy it's bringing, bringing you joy. I think it's those things start to bring you joy once you get some momentum and get into the flow like you. And it sounds like you already have a music background and ear for it. So it's easier mm-hmm. to learn a new thing when you have that, right? Right. Yeah. But I was going to say that you already do a million things, Katie. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> so I wouldn't feel... Well, that's very nice. But if um, you want to pick up the guitar, it's not too hard. Well, maybe you can teach me someday. Maybe, <laughs> or maybe you'd want someone a little bit more trained. We'll see. No, I don't think so. I like, I, you know, I like working with you <laughs> trained or not. I, I would prefer. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. All right. Well, should we get into last week? It was long. So we're going to keep, I'm going to keep my answers tight this week. <laughs> all righty. Um, and these are all from listeners. So the first is what are some ways that you've made new friends as an adult? 
both in the same city and while moving to a new city? Well, I think it's, it's funny because I was thinking like when I was asking you that question of like what brought you joy this week, I had a week this week that I feel like all I did, what it was very Leo season, right? Of like being out and doing things. And I felt like I didn't do anything this week, but the truth is I did a lot. It was just none of the things I wanted to do that were on my to-do list. It was all things that came up that I had to just deal with and fires I had to put out. And, and also it was a lot of podcast recording, which I don't, you know, even when the podcast comes out every week, I don't record every week or for like many weeks at a time. Like there might be a week I do three and then, um, you know, I have three on my computer. And so then for three weeks, I don't do any, or like, you know, it, it really comes in phases. And this week I had a lot. So it was a lot of like reading people's books, doing it in person, driving around LA, like, so just very outward. And so I didn't have much time. And then all the time I did have was just like full on friendship. Like it was one of my closest friends here's birthday. And another one of my friends like really needed help with something. And somebody else, like, it was just socializing and great. It was so great, but I, I'm learning, I need to you know manage my energy and, and time. And, you know, when, when one thing is going really well, like you only have so much water and we have all these different buckets, you know, we have mm-hmm. our work bucket and our relationship bucket and our space bucket. And this week, like, I think work kind of lagged because I had so much friend stuff and some weeks friends lag. We could, you know, and, and lately I, I really prioritized friendship. And so that's the thing, like bringing me so much joy and also stress, you know what I mean? Because it's like, I do feel like it's something that I prioritized. And I think we spoke about this maybe on this podcast before, but I really invested in friendships. And that's what I was starting to say of like, what what brings me joy? It's funny because Serena and I co-host this podcast about anxiety called Spiraling. And we do this segment at the end called High, Higher, Highest. And all summer and definitely recently, every time it's my turn to do my High, Higher, Highest, it's, it's Serena and I are like laughing. It's like, okay, you love your friends. We get it. like Because <laughs> it's always what I'm most grateful for. And it's really what I've invested all my time and energy into. And it just sort of happened that way. Like I think last week ended up being, or one of the weeks ended up being like an ode to my friends, right, Ella? Like I think I was just like, you know, I think when we talked about COVID, I talked a lot about them because I can't really talk about my experience of the height of the pandemic and the start of the pandemic and moving accidentally to a new city and, and kind of, you know, being here in a space that was not mine and deciding to, to actually fully move here and root here and buy a car and all of that, like in the midst of a global pan- pandemic and relocate what I can't talk about that experience without talking about the community that I had around me to be able to do that experience. It like really was a privilege. It is a privilege and that's not lost on me, you know? And I think because of that, like so much of life is timing, right? I can give like some tactical advice of like, try, put yourself out there, go to things, which is like kind of impossible right now. Send the text, read the, you know, read the Instagram post and like send them a private message about it or like, you know, actually try because that's uncomfortable. Like my friend Zoe and I talk about this all the time. We're like, 
when I moved to New York, that was kind of my strategy, right? Where I'm like, let's get a coffee. Sure, I'll come to the thing. Yeah, you're having a dinner. I'll be there. Like, I just did everything and said yes to everything. And I was super down and I kind of burnt myself out. Like, that was like a big, big burn and a bust, right? Because I was sending all the messages, reaching out. And like, I was pretty good at that because I think because of this podcast, right? Like, I'm very good at talking to new people. I'm very good at reaching out, cold calling. I have no like qualms about that. So that was simple for me, right? But it didn't really make any like sustainable community. I definitely made friends and I have like several close friends that are still in New York. My best friend from New York ended up moving here. So she's here now. My other best friend ended up moving somewhere else. So I have like long distance friends there and then like two really close friends who are still there. So I definitely made friends, but I never really felt like I had a community there at the beginning. And the difference between... And at the very end, I did. I moved to Greenpoint. And in Greenpoint, I was very close friends with my friends, Bob and Carolina, and they were my neighbors. And so I would just like by default in the evenings... And and also like I'd had a breakup by that time. And that was great because I was... The time that I would fill doing fun things with him, I decided to like still do those fun things with different people, with friends. And I I learned how to be a friend. Anything I did with him, I would either do on my own or I would do with friends and most preferably with friends. And the cool thing was that like everyone was down to do that and it was easy. And at the beginning, a little bit clunky, but like I really made friends with my neighbors. And so I was like seeing Bob and Carolina all the time and just being like, all right, I'm home. Like, what are you guys doing for dinner? They would ask me and I'd be like, yeah, actually I can't, you know, whenever it was easy, right? I think there's so much of that, especially if you live in a city or like wherever you live, like, you know, leaning into your neighbors and who's around you. And that's why I have such a great community here is because, you know, it started with, you just need like one friend to start with. And then if you want good friends, be a really good friend, right? Trust takes time. Trust builds. Connection builds and takes time. It can't be forced. And I've tried to force it. I, I've known I've liked people before and been like, ooh, I want to be their friend and really like gone for it. And that hasn't worked. Like you have to really allow it to be slow and give more than you're getting, you know, and not in a codependent way and not in like a manipulative way. But like, if you're feeling like you want better friends, how can you be a better friend is really a philosophy that I have. And I'm, I'm not very confident in most areas of my life, but I am, if I am confident about one thing, it's my ability to be a friend. And I think I'm good at keeping in touch with my friends that aren't here. And I'm really good at seeing my friends here. And I think what I need to do better now is manage my energy a bit more of like, sometimes I feel like I don't have anything left for myself and my creativity and my practice, right? And distance because I'm wanting to be social and I'm wanting to see people. And I, you know, we talked about being extroverted and, but I really invested in friendship in the last, you know, 12 to like 16 months, like since I've been in LA. And that was definitely like you were saying, Ella, a reaction to the pandemic and a necessity. And like, I couldn't do that much or see that many people. And I think that was what was cool and different from how it was in New York, where it was like, in New York, I was running around meeting people and being like, yeah, I'll go to that thing. I'll come to this. I'll go there. Where here, I couldn't really do that for the first 
year I was here. And even now it's like just starting to like, I'm just seeing a few more people. But for so long, I was like only seeing the people I was living with our neighbors. And so I got really close with them and it was really fun and it felt like college. And and now that's not the case anymore. I still see those people, but I also see a few others that I met through them or I met through other people. And, but I do feel like I have like a core group of friends. Like I have like people I see and I, like I took friends to the airport last night and they took and picked me up the week before. And it's just like, I, I can text them and be like, what are you doing right now? Or, you know, I, I needed to like, I told you this Ella this week because it was during the middle of the workday, but I needed to like rebuild my bed and, and take another bed away. And we went over to Christine's and picked up this bed and built it. And my other friend Dexter came over with a mop. And it's like, I think we are meant to learn connection through living in community. And I think we are meant to live in community. And when we live so separate from each other, it's tough and it's it's tough to just make that and i know that if i was listening to this when i was you know 25 or 26 or like all i wanted was this right like i wanted i remember like praying like actually like having the like writing down in my journal that i wanted of a community that like felt like the tv show friends like felt like you know it wasn't like who are we hanging out with tonight. It was like, what are we doing tonight? And I feel like I have that. And it's not part of it is, is in my own mind because my friend Noah gave me this, this really great advice once where he said, you have to center yourself in your friendship and not in like a self-centered way of like, all my friends don't know each other. They're not all like texting each other, but like I had to put myself out there and connect them with each other. Right. And it's hard to do that in the pandemic. It's hard to do that in general. It's a lot of pressure. And I don't hang out with all my friends one-on-one. Sometimes I do, but I, I'm just like, okay, Sophie wants to hang. So does Savannah. I think they'll like each other. Let's see how this goes, you know? And then cool. Now they like each other. And we go, we also kind of go to the same places in our neighborhood. I think the power of the neighborhood is pretty cool too, of like, you know, we go to this bar in our neighborhood and, and we know the guy who manages it and it's fun to like hang with him and then you know we met other people and i work at a shop in the neighborhood so like i have my friends come into the shop and it's just like you know a constant like seeing the same investing like going deep with the same people instead of being like hey that was so great for that coffee like i'll see you soon and then you like kind of maybe text after that about something that like you mentioned and like oh here's that link or whatever and then you like see them again in two months and you do another catch-up and it's like that's fine and i definitely have friendships like that but most of my friends are a lot more consistent where it's like you know and and this is something i really had to learn it was very uncomfortable for me of like i had only had that level of connection in romantic relationships but when i moved here my friend Christine was my first and only friend here. And then I met a lot of people through her and it just kind of ended up growing. And then I met people on my own who I've now introduced to her and, and you know, vice versa. But I remember she was someone who like lived her life really differently from me. And in LA is very different from New York. And it was also a pandemic. So I don't really know if that's, if, if it's all these factors, but you know, she would call me, she'd like FaceTime me out of nowhere in the morning and be like, do you want to get coffee? And I was like, wait, what? I have to like work. Like, I have a whole routine. Like, and then I was just like, fuck it. Yeah, I do. And I would start to go get coffee and I would wake up early. And then I like met all these guys at the coffee shop and I ended up living with them. And then I like one thing led to the next. And so it's like, 
I'm not saying like go get coffee with a friend and abandon your work and then you'll have a community and everything will be great because it's like I don't know if that'll happen and I'm not even sure it's like possible or you know maybe I would have met these people in another way but I do think like investing in the same like I think quality over quantity you know like I maybe see less people than I did in New York but I and that was maybe because of the pandemic honestly like I literally couldn't see that many people safely so I went really deep with the ones that I that I do see. And that's really cool. And be friends with people who are different than you, right? Like I in New York was kind of friends with people like in similar things than me. And like be friends with people that you like can't get or give anything to like career wise or like, you know, and not that it's not good to be friends with people you can relate to on that level. Like I definitely have friends who I do similar things to. And I think Christine's kind of an example of that. And, you know, like your friendship with Maria is like a great example of that. But it's also fun to be friends with people who do something completely different than you. And I think that's really healthy creatively and inspiring. So that's another thing. And I'm kind of jumping around, but I want to just go back to the other part of their question, which is keeping in touch with people who you don't live by. And Again, this is like one of the very few things I'm confident about, but I I do that quite well too. <laughs> and I and I'm not saying that that means I'm better at that this is a great thing all around because my friend Kelsey who's done this podcast once, she was like kind of coaching me in a business sort of way. And she's like, "How do you spend most of your time?" Because I'm like, "Oh, I just like can't keep up and I'm blah, 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 blah. and I was like, "Honestly, I'm like walking and sending voice texts." Or on the phone. Like, that's like what I do like most of my days. <laughs> and she's like, is that like for work? And I'm like, not really. Like, I'm I'm in these like 20 minute voice sex exchanges with my friend Juliana, who's in New York, with Aaron and Noah, my friends who, who you guys might know from the podcast, who are in Australia. And it was just easier for us to like unpack the wildness of all of this. Of like, I was just with them. And then I flew from there to LA and I've been there ever since. And like, we started this group chat that like never ended. And we sent 45 minutes of, of content back and forth over the pond. And like, Last night, I was weirdly up until 3 a.m. because I got locked out, which is like a, a whole nother story. But I ended up calling them because I knew they'd be awake and they were in Australia. And I just like FaceTimed them for an hour. And like, that was nice, you know? And so it's just like, I'm constantly... When, when I This is the thing, I, a great piece of advice for people who do not live near you. When you think of someone, text them. Just be... And it doesn't have to be a big thing. Just be like... You know, when I was in Michigan, I, I I texted someone. I was like, "Remember when you brought over orange wine and we sat on my stupid?" And I just was like, it popped into my mind, and I have no idea why. And like, I didn't need anything. And and those are the best texts to get when you're like, "This book made me think of this person." I don't need a response. I don't need anything, but I just like want to tell you I'm thinking of you, and that creates connection. And Maddie Corman said this thing. I think it's from her her one woman show, Accidentally Brave, but. She says about connection and relationship, she says, keep it warm. And I think like I kind of do that. And it, again, it's not in a calculated way or manipulative way. I just like, and part of it is maybe my codependence and people pleasing of like, I want to know that everyone is like cool with me at all times, you know? And I and I I joked like last summer, I was like, I don't feel okay unless I have 12 unheard voice texts, three missed calls, four voicemails, seven unread texts, you know? And And that is like true and a little bit codependent and also like overwhelming because on the opposite end of that, because I am a good friend and I put in so much time, I think what lacks is like my 
creative process. And I think what lacks is, you know, turning out the work and productivity. And I also am not, I don't have a family that like I live close by and see all the time too, you know? So like I have created my own family. And so there's, there's that to note that like, this is maybe not, and I also I don't have a partner, you know, like I am a person who is like dating and meeting people and not with a partner that I'm with at all times. So that also is related to this fact. And, you know, I, and the other side of that coin, I get overwhelmed sometimes. Like I remember saying to a friend last week, I was like, do you ever just get so overwhelmed by like how many voice texts you have to listen to and like getting back to texts? And she was like, no. <laughs> like, I don't send as many texts as you though, you know? And she's someone who like doesn't reach out to very many people. Like I was saying at the beginning of like, hey, do you want to hang out? Or hey, do you, you know, I liked this thing. Like, do you want to like setting up a date where like I've done that a lot, you know? So it's like, it, it, as much as it's like, I think people can kind of look at my, because we got this question in like seven forms, basically. I got this DM to to my personal Instagram and to let it on Instagram a lot. And I think it's maybe because I a talk about my friends so much on this podcast and on spiraling and in my writing and show them on my Instagram story a lot. And I feel like if, if that were me and I was looking at that, I might be like, wow, who are these people? And how did she meet them as a, as a grown up? you know? That is exactly what I think, Katie. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, this this woman has like a hundred friends. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's like, it's true. I mean, it, a lot of it is luck and timing, but I, I think I really did like a year ago, even I was, I didn't have like the closest, I knew these people, but I didn't have the closeness I did now. Right. And two years before that, didn't even know them. Right. Like didn't even know them. So like, I say that to think like, it's just like with relationships. I think that like romantic relationships, you could say, someone can say to me, right? I'll use this as an example. Like you're going to find someone like, cause I do, like, I want to have a partner. Like, I think I maybe want to have a kid someday. Like I, you know, I'm like dating, whatever. And I think someone can say to me and people say this all the time, like, you're going to find someone or like, it's going to be great. And I can be like, that's so nice. And like, please love the positivity. Great. However, you literally don't know. And I might not. And that's okay, you know, but like literally no one knows. And I think what I can say about that is the likelihood that I probably do, because there's a lot of human beings on planet earth is like, probably like I have several apps in my pocket that can help with it. I can like meet people on the street. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I think it's the same with friendship. Like you don't have the stupid apps or like you could, I guess, I think you can on some of them, but like, I, I wouldn't do that, but I would just like see who's in your community already. Step one, you just need one friend. Like, let me just keep in mind with everyone here. I literally just knew Christine when I moved to this neighborhood and granted Christine, as we know, if you've been listening to this podcast or if you know, my dear friend, Christine is amazing and has so many friends. And like, I also just met people like I, it's worth telling how I met Savannah. And then I'll, I'll stop with this question. And, and unless you have any follow-ups, Ella, but my friend Savannah introduced me to her. She is my neighbor and one of my best friends. And she introduced me to her roommate and her two best friends. And one of them is Zoe, who we talk about all the time. And she ended up like knowing my friend Sophie and we had all these connections. And, and now she's my you know, closest friend here. I see her literally every day. Like she was here an hour ago, dropping something off. Like it's, 
it's great. And I'm so happy. But this is how it happened. I was very... I mean, I maybe have told this story on the podcast before, but here we are. I had been hanging out with Sophie the night before. I wake up in the morning, very hungover. And Christine FaceTimes me. Hey, let's get coffee. And she was like, you look terrible. Because it was like the first time I had like drank a cocktail in, a, in like a year. And so I was like, okay, great. Thank you. And yes, I'll meet you for coffee. So I go meet her for coffee. We see a sign that says garage sale. And they had a bike. And Christine at the time really wanted me to get a bike because she got a bike and she like wanted to have pals ride bikes with her. She's like, oh, we should go to this garage sale and get you a bike. I was like, all right. So we're on our way. And then she, she gets like a call from her boyfriend being like, oh, I have to like go do something. And I was like, oh, all right. Well, I'm not going to go to this garage sale on my own. So I go home. Later that day, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to like walk over there. I kind of find the garage sale. It was like ending. This this person who ends up being my friend Dexter is like, hey, are you looking for the garage sale? I was like, yeah. The bike ended up being like Savannah's ex-boyfriends that she he had just left there. Like they didn't really, they weren't like really selling the bike. And I just like came up and started talking to her and they had all these fruit trees. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Is that a persimmon tree? And we talked for a while. And then she was like, this is like kind of funny and weird, but like, could I get your number? And ever since then, we have been best friends, you know? So like that's literally how I met her. Like I went to a garage sale looking for a bike. So I'm not saying that like that exact thing can happen to anyone, but like say yes, go to the thing, get coffee hungover, go walk up to someone and strike up a conversation. And I realize that that's, I have a huge privilege being an extrovert here. I have a huge privilege being someone who is, you know, can talk, basically talk to anyone, right? Because it's like what I do for work. So I am not saying, and I, and I, I really do feel that privilege here. And so I'm, I don't say that story to be like, try that, recreate that plan because it, it won't work for everyone because everyone might not be comfortable to do that, right? And I think, you know, do that in your own way, right? It might not be as overt or... And, and the other person might not be as, you know, able to be like, hey, let's be friends like Savannah did to me. And, you know, maybe one of us went to follow it up or like, who knows? Like the stars kind of had to align for this. And I'm grateful for that. And again, that's why I say so much of this is unpredictable and you have to just surrender to it, but surrender to it and like set it as your intention. And I believe that that does make a difference and put yourself in situations where this can happen more, just like creativity, just like, you know, anything and be grateful when it does. Cause like, I'm so grateful. It's not lost on me how wild that story is. And it's not lost on me that like, if that had been another day and I had been like, feeling icky about myself or like feeling insecure. Like maybe I wouldn't have walked up to strangers or maybe I wouldn't have said like, how are your fruit trees? Or <laughs> You know what I mean? Like who knows? And I, and yeah, just so much of it is timing and unpredictable. And the point I was going to make is like about, about dating. Like I, I always say that there's like hot people privilege, right. Of like the confidence of like, you know, and, and I believe everybody's hot, but like, what I do in friendship is is harder for me in a romantic context. So like I can relate to people who, you know, that is challenging in friendship or challenging in both. Whew. Said I was going to keep that tight. <laughs> no, it was a really, really good answer. I, I love all of that. Like saying yes more and kind of just trying. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I hope it's helpful to people. And that's like, that's been my experience and all I can share from is my experience. Mm-hmm. Well, I have some follow-up questions also about friendship, unless you want to... I'll do these as, as rapid fire. 
Sure. So I know that you sort of said something up along these lines, but how do you find balance between wellness um, and sleep and rest and your social life or relationships? Not well. <laughs> I'm figuring it out. Basically, I'm figuring it out. And so much of it is like finding the truth, you know? Like, I think I can kind of lie to myself sometimes and be like, like last night's a good example. I was like finishing up work, I was exhausted. And my friend was like, hey, can I come over? And I really did want to hang and like chat with her, but I also didn't have the energy for that. So, you know, I probably should have been like, actually, I got to finish work. But instead, I was like, absolutely, you know? And then, like, that's how you learn sometimes. It's like, oh man, I should, you know? But also, like, I don't regret it because it's what happened and it's fine. And so I think it's just like clocking that and being like, okay, next time I should probably like speak up for that. Or, you know, I think it, in another big way to help balance that is if you know what you do want, right? If I know that, like, what I do want is time on my own and, I'm working on this one project and I have a deadline or I want to read this one book. Like it's a lot easier to say no to someone else and say yes to yourself when you know what you're saying yes to. But it's tougher when it's like, I could do anything. So I end up doing not much, you know? And so I think knowing what you want and knowing how to spend time alone will help you to to do that. But I, you know, as we discussed in the first QA episode about my Myers-Briggs, like I, I am a projector in human design and I'm an ENFP in Myers-Briggs, which is the least extroverted of the extroverts. And I think if you heard the beginning of this conversation, <laughs> you probably would guess that I'm like the most extroverted of the extroverts and I need like no alone time because that's what I'm doing and how I'm living. But that's like incorrect for me. Like I think I need a lot more alone time and rest and well-being and sleep and time. And I'm not really getting that because I really did invest all of my time in friendships. And so I'm still learning to navigate that, but I'm learning. What's helping me is like figuring out what I want to say yes to, trying to be better with boundaries. And I might need to like remove myself for a bit of like, go, you know, to the desert for a week and like, just like focus on work or like, you know, travel or like I've been wanting to do a road trip. So it's like, there's there's a lot of um, navigating socialization that I'm still learning. And I think it was a lot easier during the pandemic because there was just a lot less going on and I didn't have to make any choices about who to hang out with or what to do. It was just like only a very few people in a pod and very few activities that were available to us. It was like, we. I remember like joking with my friend Sophie of like, what do you want to do tonight? And it was like, either sit in my apartment and get takeout or go to yours. (laughs) Like That was the only options that we had at all. And there's something kind of nice about that, right? There's something kind of comforting about that. And not having it is, is a bit jarring. I think we're all going through that, like in our own, in our own way and learning to navigate that and learning of like, what was good about the pandemic in the sense of like, less choice and what did we miss and how to, you know, dance between those two. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Something that just came to mind when you said having less choice and sometimes that being comforting is like, I don't know about you, but sometimes on a rainy day or like a crappy weather day, I'll be happy because then I can, I feel like I can justify staying inside (laughs) and reading or watching a movie or whatever. And then when it's like a sunny, beautiful day, 
I'm all, I have this voice. If I don't have plans, like I have this voice, like, oh, you should be outside. You should be, you know, taking advantage of the summer and all of that. And things are opening up. And so you should be going out and, and it's like, ah, I can't, (laughs) even though sometimes it's totally fine to stay inside on a sunny day as well. Yep, exactly. Um, I mean, my, like I said, my pandemic situation is a bit different. I really didn't have access to a lot of people at all. So that felt kind of confining, but at the same time, it was sort of nice to not make plans for anything like with family or with friends or like with work or with, because I feel like now I'm looking at calendars and kind of trying to figure out when I'm going to fly out to California and see my parents. And those are things that I want to do definitely, but there is a level of stress to that. Yeah. Rather than just like, yeah, next week I'm going to be home and I'm going to figure out something to do. And it's like when something is taken out of your hands, sometimes that feels good. Totally. I yeah. What you're saying there. Yeah. I love when an option gets removed and you don't have to make the choice, which for me is like, can be debilitating. <laughs> mm-hmm. What's your favorite part of living in LA and your least favorite? Oh, that's so good. I, I was going to, as you were talking about the weather, I was like, well, don't move here. I like, it's nice out every day. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was just on a walk, as as you know, on on my way home here, and this guy was getting his mail, and and I've seen him like many times, but I don't know him like a familiar stranger. And he was like, he was like, "Hi, how are you?" And I was like, "Good, have a good day." And he was like, "Beautiful day, right?" And I was like, "Yeah." And then I was I was on the phone to my friend, and I was like, "That's so funny that that guy said that because it's like no one talks about the weather here ever. Like no one mentions it because there's just nothing to say. Like mm. it's beautiful out every day. I mean." I don't know when it's really, really hot or, you know, the one day it rains maybe, but like, yeah, it's so funny coming from a place where like the weather varied so much. It's really strange not having seasons and it makes it very hard for me to remember when in time something happened because I don't have like the, what we were wearing or what things were like. Like I just keep saying last summer and I'll be like talking about February or something which I'm really grateful for. Like I, I I love the heat and I love being here and I love the weather. So I guess that would be like my favorite thing. But I mean, dude, I am so like in a honeymoon phase with Los Angeles still. Like I haven't really even scratched the surface. I love that. Like, I love this neighborhood. I love being in this neighborhood. I love that I can walk everywhere still like New York, but I do have a car and I can drive to the beach and I can drive to see anyone. I actually really enjoy driving. And I love that I have friends around me in this neighborhood and it feels smaller than New York, even though it's a big city. I love that there's so much to do that I haven't even done yet, but I can do when you know it feels correct. I love that there's a beach. I love that there's so many activities. I love I can be outside all the time. And every day I wake up and it's sunny. I love that there are fruit trees everywhere and I'll go on my walks and my in my neighborhood and there are signs like free guava, free grapefruit. And I like today I was like really hungry on my walk home. And I was like, I'm going to turn this corner because I know there's a free grapefruit basket, <laughs> you know, and I like ate it on the way home. Like, it's just like kind of a dream, you know, I'm from the Midwest where it's cold all the time. And I never even like thought of moving here and like that I could do it or, and I'm just incredibly grateful and happy. And, you know, I live in a studio apartment and 
I don't have like a and and I can compare myself to other people. Like I drive a 2010 car that I like bought from a friend that's like not that great. And I, you know, like I don't, it's not like I live this like lavish like lifestyle. But to me, it is. To me, I'm like, I cannot believe I get to live here and hang out with these friends and go to these places and like, you know, I'm babysit the dogs of my friends and it's just it's incredible. And I am so and I felt this way when I moved to New York too. Like I remember walking around New York City and just being like this is it. I I cannot believe the place I saw on TV. I get to live there. And I would like look up at the Empire State Building. And the, the cool thing for me then is I was recording the podcast in person. And I was like walking everywhere with my recording equipment and my backpack. And it helped me to see the city. And I remember once I had a meeting in the Empire State Building and I was like, what the fuck? I am <laughs> going to a meeting in the Empire State Building. Like it was just so cool and special. And I felt like I was like in a movie all the time. And But I never had that here. Like moving here was never even... Uh, I wasn't expanded, as Lacey Phillips would say, to like know that this was possible. Like I'd never been here growing up. Like I came here for the first time on my book tour for like a week. And I think I stayed in like Venice or something. I, I was not even on this side of town. And oh my God, Christine's calling me right now. Anyway, so it's just... Yeah, it's not lost on me how special all of this is to be here. And I guess the thing I like least is I am outside so much. I have wild tan lines and my skin has aged a lot. Like I just notice a lot of aging because I'm in the sun so much. I joke that like I aged 10 years in the last one, which, you know, the sun really did like wearing sunscreen is important. And I don't think it is as important when you live in a climate that it isn't, you're not in the sun all day, every day. And I'm just outside a lot. Like I walk a lot and, you know, I was getting a lot of sun in Michigan too, but it was like for like three months out of the year four, if I'm, you know, liberal with it and the same thing in New York. And so that's nine months of like basically no sun, you know? So when it's every day, most of the day (laughs) I'm outside. I mean, I think some people wouldn't like the heat. It's really hot right now. I don't have AC. I don't mind it, but it is like I had someone over and he was like, um, we need to like go back to what my place that has central AC because it's like so hot in here. And I was like, is it like I, I'm OK, you know, but like <laughs> I, I I don't really like I think I just yeah, I think some people wouldn't like the heat, but I am OK with it. I have a lot of relatives in that part of California. I grew up in California, but that's right. And so I've been to Los Angeles area, but not really the city proper, more like the suburbs. Um, although, no, my, I have an aunt and uncle and cousin that live in, in the city, I guess. My cousin is going to UCLA this fall. He's a transfer. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's a cool place. It is definitely like, I mean, I definitely feel you with the seasons thing. Like one of the yeah. reasons that, New England was calling me was, you know, you watch shows like Gilmore Girls and that one comes to mind, but friends, like the beautiful fall and the beautiful snowy winter. And, and I wanted that so much. And it's so funny that the opposite is true for so many people, but I can imagine, I mean, like when I call my parents in the winter here and it's snowy, And granted, like, I'm not saying that I love 
winter <laughs> at this point. I feel like that honeymoon phase is sort of worn off, but I'll call my parents and they'll be like, yeah, it's like, you know, it's cold today. It's 50 degrees. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> like, really? Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely want to come see you when I'm seeing family out there, Katie. Yes. I would love that. Okay. The thing is, it's like, I can't imagine going the other way. Like I, I met someone at the top of the hill that I hike up to every day. And she was saying that she, you know, she's lived here her whole adult life. I think, I don't think she's from here. I think she might've been from maybe the Midwest or something. And she, but she's a bit older than me, like in her forties. And she was like, I have always wanted to live in New York. I've just wondered what it would be like. And I was like, you should, I always say to people, like, if you, not everyone needs to move to New York, but if you wonder what it's like, you should do it because you'll always wonder. And she's like, yeah, but it's really hard to like, I should have done it when I was younger because it's really hard to come here and then go back to New York, you know, or go back East because having lived in New York and grown up in Michigan, like it's really easy to live here. It's really nice. And it's like, it's been really good for my mental health and I would have trouble going back to New York. And I don't know, maybe I will someday, but I think it's interesting that you grew up here and then went back there, you know, or yeah. went there originally. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't know what the future is going to hold, but I think we all just want to experience parts of the country or even world that we're not familiar with. Yeah. Agree. I think that's really healthy. But I definitely miss the California weather when it's like January out here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I bet. Well, you'll have to visit then. For sure. Yes. Well, this was a delight. I love talking to you. I think we have some more questions, but maybe we'll do one of these again. People should let us know. Yes, that, that would be fun. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ella, for being here. Is there anything else? Is there anything that like, oh, we need to tell people about Creative Underdogs. We're renaming oh, yeah. Creative Underdogs to In Process. And starting this week, the day that you're listening to this, sign up because we are doing a free Creative Underdogs workshop once a week for the next, for every week this month. And the first one is about Ayurveda taught by Eva, who you maybe know from the podcast. She was on a couple of weeks ago and used to work with me and Ella took her position actually. And then... The next one, we're going to do a, a dance one and a yoga and journaling one and one about energy work. And it's going to be really cool. Creativity, connection, well-being, community, join us. I would love to, to have you there. And we'll do a new session of In Process, previously Creative Underdogs this fall. Ella and I are going to debrief on that now. And yeah, that's basically it. The link will be in the show notes. Okay, let's end with a deep breath. Ready? Inhale. Let it out. <sighs> Thank you, Ella. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.